You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. 2010 was not a great year for film photography, but amongst all the doom and gloom of film camera production lines rolling to a halt and film emulsions being discontinued, one shining light stood on the horizon, a lighthouse rock solid on the shore, reassuring film photographers who were bobbing up and down in a very rough sea. It was, of course, the Lomography Society International. In 2010, they released a brand new 35mm camera and it wasn't just any camera either. It was touted as the world's first ultra-wide panoramic camera that exposes film sprockets. Now, if that's not cool enough, it also had the ability to take multiple exposures and allowed you to rewind and remix your shots all on the same roll. The camera I'm talking about, of course, is the Lomography Sprocket Rocket. Fast forward 10 years later, and I have finally got one in my collection. But is it any good? Keep listening and find out. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analog photography related. my friends how are you i hope you are well wherever you are all around the world welcome to another episode of matt loves cameras there's been a been a few weeks coming this episode uh, i've been out there very very busy taking photos all over the place uh, i've been testing quite a few cameras i've got so many cameras here i need to sort of review them or sell them or do something with them i'm kind of drowning in my home office here amongst cameras uh, so that's what i've been doing i've just sent off nine rolls of film to my lab and um, eagerly awaiting a text message from them, hopefully today, but it, it might be Monday before I get that text message saying that they've dropboxed me nine uh, nine sets of scans. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing them. Hopefully, uh, there won't be too much disappointment there. They'll all be good photos, but you never know. Uh, what, what have I been shooting with? Uh, that's a great question, listeners. Uh, I've been shooting with my uh, Pentax 645. I shot a roll of, I finished a roll of Ektar in that, and then I also shot a roll of Fuji Pro 400 my first roll of that so I'm really looking forward to seeing that I also shot a roll of Pro 400H in 35mm format through my Fujifilm Class S and a lot of the other uh, rolls of film I sent off were just test rolls so I tested a couple of I got two would you believe a Canon uh, Canon Shot AF7s uh, but I think they're actually, technically, it's actually an AF8. Uh, they've got AF7 on them, but uh, it's kind of different to the original AF7. So it's kind of a weird camera, but it's a, it's a really fun camera. It's got a massive viewfinder. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing a review of that soon. Uh, what else did I shoot? Um, I shot a roll on my uh, my Yashica Minitech, and I'm looking, to, looking forward to seeing the results of that. And I think I've got two of them as well stashed away somewhere, so I might be selling one of them. Uh, I got a little Nikon point and shoot not a particularly impressive camera it's all right um, but i'm looking to see how that turned out and uh oh i also shot a roll of cine still uh, i'd been in my camera for about uh about a year and i actually finished that off so I'm, I'm, there's quite a few sort of rolls i'm looking forward to getting back 
I also did a photo shoot last Sunday. Uh, it was actually all digital, so uh, unfortunately there's no film photos, but it was done through Airtasker. There was a guy who wanted some cool sort of urban and grungy photos, and uh, I did a photo shoot with him in Brisbane City, and he really loved the photos, uh, which is great. So I made a little bit of money doing that, which is always good. And um, I'm, I'm still looking for a job at the moment. It's been like, oh man, it's been like over three months, which is, is getting to be a bit of a drag, uh, but I'm making a little bit of money here and there on, on sort of selling little bits and bobs of photographic equipment I have and uh, I am getting a little bit of money uh, not, not very much sadly but I am getting a little bit of money from uh, you know unemployment benefits which I'm very grateful for mind you even though it's not a huge amount I'm very very grateful for it uh, so that's certainly helping with the bills the wife is going to work full-time um, so she's very busy and I'm, I'm stuck home with Marshall Dalmatian who surely is the, the laziest Dalmatian uh, in Brisbane uh, he sort of just lounges about all day really um, so but you know can't blame him really uh, but I did try and take him for some walks and I take cameras with me. And so we're, try- we're trying to keep busy and keep fit and all that. And um, yeah, hopefully I will, I will snag a job soon. Fingers crossed. Now, I have been working on several episodes of Matt Loves Cameras in the background of the last three weeks or so since the last uh, episode went out. Maybe four weeks, actually, now it's been. Uh, but I am working on several episodes. So there's this one, of course, today, which is about the Lomography Sprocket Rocket. I've also got a very special uh, podcast recording next Monday, Tuesday, uh, with a very special guest judge. And we will be judging the Sprocketastic 2020 entries. Really looking forward to that. I think we ended up with 23 entries for Sprocktastic. So down a little bit on the, the Matt Loves Panos competition, we got 31 for Matt Loves Panos and we had 23 for Sprocktastic, uh, which is still a good result. I'm pretty happy with that. And there was a lot of familiar names as well as some new names. So yeah, really, really uh, happy with that and really looking forward to doing the judging with the mystery judge. Uh, although it might actually be, be out. The cat might have got out of the bag, actually, who the mystery judge is. Uh, but uh, certainly if you don't know who it is keep listening and probably in about a week uh, I'll have the next podcast episode up with the Sprocktastic judging now I'll give you an update on Matt Loves Panos uh, what I want to do is, is is about 15 people I think who've entered both Sprocktastic and Matt Loves Panos and because we're doing a zine for both of those competitions What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to launch the zines at the same time. So in uh, probably early November or to mid-November, both of the zines will be on sale. I'm going to try and do the Sprocktastic one as quickly as I can and finish off um, the Matt Loves Panos one, which will be called Pantastic. Uh, That way that if there's anyone in the world who wants both zines, it's going to be um, a lot less postage for them. Instead of paying, you know, seven US dollars each for postage on each zine, it'll only be one lot of seven US dollars because they'll both fit in the same envelope because they won't be that heavy. So um, uh, it's a bit of Annoying for the people who entered uh, Matt Loves Panos. I know it's been a, a long time coming, that zine. Uh, I've had a few delays. So I do thank you for your patience and rest assured that both the Matt Loves Panos Pantastic zine will be coming very soon, along with a very quick turnaround on the Sprocktastic zine. 
So just a quick recap, my name's Matt Murray, I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from sunny Brisbane in Australia. It's actually a little bit cloudy uh, today, it's, it, the sun is actually out there and it's definitely warm, uh, but there is a bit of cloud hanging around, um, just sort of to sidetrack a little bit. I played golf yesterday with my dad and it was kind of rainy weather, we got rained on on about the fourth hole, and um, but I came home, even though it was very cloudy conditions, I came home and I actually felt a bit sore, my arms and my face felt a bit sore last night because I didn't put much sun cream on. So even when it's cloudy here in Brisbane, uh, you can still get sunburnt. Lesson learned. This podcast is all about film photography. Uh, in many episodes of the show, I review a different film or instant camera, telling you about its features, its history, what it's like to use, and what kind of photos you can expect with it. In today's episode, episode... Oh gosh, I've lost my... I don't know what, how many episodes are up to now. 38. There we go. Episode 38 of Matt Loves Cameras. I have a review of the Lomography Sprocket Rocket. You can see a written review of the camera at mattlovescameras.com and I'll be sharing some of the images of the, well, not of the camera, but that the camera took on my Instagram, Matt Loves Cameras. So as I said in the show's opening, the Lomography Sprocket Rocket was launched in 2010 and was touted as the world's first panoramic wide-angle camera that exposes film sprockets. So that was a pretty cool camera to release in 2010 with so much uh, doom and gloom going on in the industry back then. And, um, you know, Lomography, they get a lot of stick from photographers, Lomography, because people say their cameras are plastic and they're crap and and they're terrible results. You know, I, I really don't like that kind. I mean, people are obviously welcome to their opinion, but you know, Lomography have done a lot, I think, for the the film photography industry, and they, they really were a shining beacon around that time. There weren't many people putting their hands up, releasing new cameras and and all that kind of stuff in 2010. Lomography were one of the few people still promoting and supporting film photography in that era, uh, with so many other manufacturers leaving the industry altogether. So you know, I don't, I'm not sure Lomography they they do get a lot of love, but I'm not sure they they get all the uh, you know the love they deserve really for their important role in the 21st century film photography community so the sprocket rocket what's it all about well it's a fairly chunky plastic camera that is bright and bold so if you think it looks kind of familiar if you look at it there's a picture of course on mattlovescameras.com of it i've taken some photos of, of my bright red sprocket rocket it actually harks back to two earlier designs from the mid 20th century so if you google the 19 1938 Falcon miniature camera. It looks a lot like the Sprocket Rocket, as does the 1949 Ilford Advocate, which also looks like the Sprocket Rocket. So Lomography have taken that classic sort of design of that very sort of wide camera and uh, with the two sort of uh, silver buttons on top of the two buttons on top or knobs on top of the camera. And they've produced this plastic beauty, uh, which is, is a really, really cool, funky looking camera. It comes in a wide range of colors. Uh, in the past, it's come in red, blue, teal, pink, white, yellow, orange, green, and black. As of October 2020, you can buy it from the Lomography website in three colors, black, red, and green. Now, the green one is really cool. The green is like a a super pop green or something like that it's called. The green one is the most expensive though. It's currently 99 US dollars. The black one is the cheapest. It's 79 US dollars. And the red is 85 US dollars. Now, I bought 
mine a few months ago and the red one was only 69 US dollars then. So I'm not sure if they're on sale or something or on special, uh, but it has gone up in price a little bit over the last few months. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that I got mine for, for $69. Now regarding the colors, I really didn't want a black one. I'm figuring if you're going to shoot a sprocket rocket, man, you've you got to have a bright color. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't even know why they brought out a black one. What's the point? Um, and I really, really wanted that green one or the teal one. The teal one's a really nice one as well. Uh, but I ended up with a red one. I've got so many red cameras here. I've got my Blackbird Flies red. I've got a, an Olympus, uh, Olympus Trip, which has got red leather on. I've got my, what else have I got? I've got a Lomography Octomat, which is red. Uh, too many red cameras. That's why I wanted the green one. Oh, well. So let me run you through some of the features and specifications of the Sprocket Rocket. The Sprocket Rocket has two apertures to choose from. It has a cloudy f10.8 aperture and a sunny f16 aperture. It has two shutter speeds, a fixed 1 100th of a second, which is the N setting or normal setting on the camera, and a very handy bulb setting, which of course is denoted by the letter B on the camera. The focal length of the lens is 30 millimeters, making it pretty, pretty wide angle, fairly wide angle, sort of camera. The minimum focus distance is pretty short. It's just 60 centimeters or two feet. And the camera focuses, yes, it does have focus, via two settings on the lens barrel. The, the first one is uh, 60 centimeters to one meter. So for those very up close uh, images, that's just two to three feet away from you. And the other one is one meter to infinity, which is a pretty wide kind of range, one meter to infinity. Uh, so there you go. You've got to remember when you take the images to uh, to do that. I think I left mine on the one meter to infinity setting the whole time and, and I just didn't do any ultra close-ups. The Sprocket Rocket takes 35 millimeter film. Now, it doesn't matter if your film has DX coding or not because the Sprocket Rocket doesn't read DX coding. It has no capability to read DX coding or change the settings based on film speed. The recommended film speed uh, for this camera, like many other plastic cameras, plastic toy cameras, is ISO 400 film. Though it just depends on the, the, the how bright the light is where you live. I've successfully used ISO 200 film here in sunny Queensland and even some of those images Images looked overexposed uh, for a couple of them uh, just because yeah we're very very bright conditions here now what makes the the camera unique is that it has an exposure area a double wide exposure area so the exposure area of each frame is well typically with 35 mil film it would be 36 millimeters by 24 millimeters so 36 millimeters wide by 24 millimeters high so if you're a newbie to film, you might be saying, hang on, if it's 35 millimeter film, how come the exposure area of a frame, of a standard frame, is 36 millimeters wide by 24 millimeters high? Well, of course, the name 35 millimeter film actually comes from the, the height of the entire negative, not just the exposure area, but the, the entire negative, including the sprockets, which is, of course, 35 millimeters high. Now, where the sprocket rocket really comes into its own, it's, its unique selling point is that the the frames are not 36 by 24 millimeters the standard 35 mil frame they're actually double wide so the exposure area of each frame is actually 72 millimeters wide by 24 millimeters high that's if you're using the mask and i'll come i'll come to the mask in a bit uh, or if you take the mask out and you expose the sprockets, the exposure area of each frame is 72 millimeters wide by 33 millimeters high. That's exposing the sprockets. So as I've just alluded to there, the camera actually comes with a mask. 
in the frame of the camera. So when you open up the back of the camera, it's got a little plastic frame in there. Pull that out. Uh, there's really, I don't know why, but there's no point in having a sprocket rocket if you're going to leave that mask in. The mask, um, when you take the mask out, the camera will expose the entire negative, including the sprockets. Uh, so I don't know why they ship it with a mask. Why, why would you want a sprocket rocket if you're not shooting sprockets? I have no idea. So the camera doesn't need a battery, so no battery required at all. And it's very light. It weighs just 227 grams, which is eight ounces. So that's it for the specifications of the Sprocket Rocket. Due to the design of the camera, it has actually got a couple of little tricks up its sleeve. And, um, you know, one of them is the ability to do double and multiple exposures. And the other one is the ability to rewind and remix your photos and shoot the roll forward and then rewind it one frame at a time and shoot back over the film. And I'll be talking you through that in the next section of the podcast. Now, when you open up your sprocket rocket, it comes very nicely packaged, like a lot of products from Lomography. It comes with a, a nice little set of bits and bobs for you. So, the uh, in the in the package comes a sprocket rocket camera. You get a sprocket rocket lens cap, which is very handy, uh, especially because it's very easy to trip the shutter of the camera. So, uh, you might get some accidental double exposures if you're not careful. But if you keep the lens cap on, of course, you're not going to record much on the film. So, it's a good idea to keep that sprocket rocket lens cap on it comes with a mask for sprocketless photos yes so the probably the first thing you want to do when you get the camera is open the back up and take the mask out because with the mask in you will not be exposing those sprockets but it does come with um, that mask if you if you want to go sprocketless and just have a normal double wide negative not sure why you want to do that if you've got a sprocket rocket but there you go the options there it also came with three little bits of uh, nice little printed material, which I really like. So the first one was the user manual, uh, the Sprocket Rocket user manual. It looks quite big. It sort of folds out and looks quite big, but it's in multiple languages. So it's not actually as big as you think. But nevertheless, there is detailed instructions there, along with sort of tips and tricks and also handy uh, frequently asked questions about using the Sprocket Rocket. So that's nicely done and nicely written. There's also a book called the Sprocket Rocket Panorama uh, book and it's basically full of uh, really cool examples of the Sprocket Rocket in use. Really uh, lovely images, really inspiring kind of uh, useful images of what you can expect with a Sprocket Rocket. It also comes with a, is a little story in there, like a, a de detective story uh, um, and I really like that as well. Not a particularly long detective story, but it's kind of like this cartoon that goes throughout the book. Um, so, yeah, I really like that. I think it's kind of funny and cool and hip and all that. Um, so uh, well done to Lomography, Lomography for that. And it also comes with um, one last bit of printed material, which kind of folds out to a poster kind of thing. It's called The Blind Experiment. Um, so there's someone, a photographer, uh, and she has um, pretended to be a blind photographer uh, and walking around with a sprocket rocket taking photos. Not sure if that's very PC in 2020, is it? Pretending to be a blind photographer. Um, but anyway, there you go. It's very interesting. And, it, you know, uh, some of the images are pretty cool. I really like uh, the, the sample images this photographer she's taken. They look pretty cool. And um, it's kind of got like a, a diary here, day one, day two. <laughs> of um, her journey using uh, this camera. And uh, yeah, very, very cool images in there at least. Very nice. 
So using the Lomography Sprocket Rocket is pretty straightforward. I think the most difficult thing for me initially was how do I take the back off the camera? Because I was looking at it going, I don't know how to take the back off. And I didn't read the manual, of course. I just dove straight in. Um, but it's actually... Um, pretty easy once you once you think about it there's two metal clasps on the back of the camera and you just lift them up and the back comes off now from that design uh you'd think that the back would come off really easily like when you're out and about shooting but it doesn't it kind of stays on really nicely so it's very easy to take the back off um you feed the film into the the take-up spool like any other kind of uh, 35 mil camera uh you know the more manual cameras it doesn't sort of load it for you automatically you've got to wind it on and feed it in um but as i said earlier make sure you take that mask out if you want to expose the sprockets otherwise you will be disappointed um, so take the mask out load the film in and um, away you go uh, you'll only get of course um, half of the number of exposures than you usually would of course because the frames are double wide so if you're shooting with 24 mil film a uh, 24 mil film if you're shooting with 24 exposure film you'll get 12 12 images and if you're shooting with 36 exposure film of course you'll get 18 images the shooting experience is pretty fun with the Lomography Sprocket Rocket. As I said earlier, it has a viewfinder, although it's probably more of a uh, more of a guide than a precise sort of composition tool. Um, a lot of the, well, not a lot, but a significant part of the kind of uh, viewfinder is kind of obscured by the, a little bit of the lens. Um, so you sort of look through the viewfinder vaguely and, and take your image. Um, there's two settings there, of course, for the aperture and for the shutter speed. Of course, most of the time you're going to leave the shutter speed on the end setting uh, for normal which is one one hundredth of a second and uh, depending on the, the conditions of course you can you can switch the, the little button at the bottom between the two apertures for, for the sun and for the cloud uh, the shutter sound actually sounds pretty cool here it is so it sounds it sounds kind of like plasticky kind of um, shutter sound, which is a kind of kind of weird sounding but kind of reassuring uh, it, it does have two focusing uh, settings so uh, you know 0.6 meters to one meter two to three feet and one meter to infinity and as I said earlier again I've left it always on one meter uh, to infinity and never really taken too many close-ups now I did use the bulb setting a few times and I really liked the results with that so I I put the camera on the tripod uh, when I was out taking some other photos and I took some bulb exposures exposures very hard to say now with the bulb exposures, there's no um, cable release socket. So what you literally have to do is you have to hold down the shutter, um, which of course can induce camera shake. So, you know, if you're going to do any bulb settings, you have to have, you know, you should have the camera on a tripod and you have to be really sort of steady handed and, and hold the camera uh, as still as you can while you do those bulbs, uh, bulb exposures. And I'm pretty happy with the, the, the bulb exposures I did. And I've got an example to talk you through later on in the show. Now, as well as having a frame counter on the, the top of the camera on the left of the, the hot shoe, there's also another little window. And at first I thought, what is this? Because as I said, I didn't actually read the manual. But if you keep winding the film on, eventually, um, you know, it'll get, it'll be a little white dot appear in this second window. And this is actually a precise framing mechanisms so what you do is you line the dot up in the window you take your image or you take your double exposure whatever you want to do and then you keep advancing the film until you see the next white white little dot and that's how you know that you're onto the next frame the next double wide piece of, of film you know because otherwise you wouldn't know how how many turns of the advance knob to do uh, until you get to the next frame and you'd just be shooting over 
different frames. And you might like that. You might like to shoot over different frames. But if you want to keep all of your frames as separate double wide frames, you need to look for that little white dot. Uh, and then you keep winding the film on until you get to the next white dot. Take a photo wind the film on until you get to the next white dot and that's how you sort of you use that to make sure all of your your double wide frames are separate from each other now that's actually a very cool feature this little window with the white dot telling you when it's time to take another photo to keep all your photos in separate fr double wide frames is very very cool because when it's used in conjunction with the rewind knob you can do something very very clever what you can do is you can uh, load your film up and wait till you see the white dot advance the film you see the next white dot you take a photo wind it on again you see the next white dot you might do a double exposure then you wind it on again till you see the next white dot you take a photo you do this all the way to the end of the roll then what you can do is you can do the reverse so what you could do is when you get to the end of the film you could shoot the roll of film again as it's going back into the film canister and with that the aid of that little white dot you can put your double exposure precisely on the the frame the frames that you've already shot how cool is that it's very very cool so you've already shot the entire roll of film through this rocket rocket you're at the end and then you can rewind it one film frame at a time one double exposure frame that is at a time and you can shoot over the top all the way as until your film is back in the canister very very cool feature i love it of course, you can take multiple exposures just by randomly advancing or rewinding the film, but of course, the frames won't be separate. You'll kind of be shooting one massive, you know, 24 or 36 exposure roll of film with all of these different multiple exposures, and they're not separated. They're all sort of mishmashed on top of each other, and that's really, really cool, but how are you going to scan it, I guess, is, is my question. Uh, there's probably people out there who, who do that kind of thing. Maybe, um, I, I don't know, maybe you've got a cool method of doing it, but uh, that's the that's the only question in my mind. If you did shoot multiple exposures over the top of each other all the way across the film and there's no separation of film frames, uh, yeah, how do you scan it? You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Okay, it's now time for that wonderful part of the show where I describe the images in the in the show notes. Well, they're not they're not really show notes. What I've done is I've actually done a full on review of the camera, a written review of the camera on MattLovesCameras.com, mainly because I get a lot of traffic to the website, and I think people sort of scratch their heads at the show notes and say, "What the hell is this? I don't even know what this is," because they're they're led there by Google. Uh, so I've made all of the I'm trying to make all of the the show notes full on reviews which takes <laughs> takes a lot of time actually um, but I actually really quite enjoy it and um, yeah it's, it's more of an overall picture I guess of these cameras so here we go we're going to start uh, there's about 15 16 images on on this review and uh, some of them I'll talk about for longer than others but the first image on the review there is a picture of my beautiful children and my beautiful dog Marshall Dalmatian and my kids that was shot in a nearby field with the sprocket rocket unexpired Lomography 400 film. I really like this one uh, because the kids are right in the middle of the frame there and they're actually in focus. You'll see um, on another image further down the page where it didn't work out quite as well. So you do have to be careful with the composition when you're shooting with a sprocket rocket. If you want anything in focus, make sure it's in the middle of the frame or towards the middle of the frame. Otherwise, you could be disappointed with the results. Uh, 
And you can see sort of towards the outside of the image, uh, it's all sort of uh, blurry and it's got a nice kind of lamography kind of blur to the image there, probably because, you know, it's a plastic lens and that image is so incredibly wide. Moving down the page, there's a, an image you've probably seen before. It's of Graham's tire service. I've shot that image before for images on the podcast. It's an old, uh, an old abandoned tire uh, store, uh, which is pretty cool. It's got graf- graffiti all over it, great colors, and it's got some great eucalyptus trees in the background there. Again, it's really nice and in, in, in focus in the middle, and it sort of blurs towards the edge, which I think uh, kind of suits this image. Uh, it's nice and bright, the, the, the building there. And then the gum trees around the edges are kind of, you know, there is a vignette with this camera, so they're sort of darkened. And it sort of leads your eye right in the middle of the image, so I quite like that. That was shot on expired Lomography 400 film. The next image I really like, it was shot direct into the sunset one day at Wellington Point in Queensland, just, uh, not too far away from me. Uh, there's a really nice little walk from Wellington Point. Uh, just in the distance on the right, you can see King Island and you can actually walk out at low tide. You can walk out to King Island. Uh, when it's high tide, the the sandbar that you see throughout that photo is completely covered with water. Uh, there's been many stories of people walking out to King Island over the years and getting, kind of getting caught out by the tide coming in and having to try and rush back to the shore in waist deep water not very fun experience i would would imagine um you do have to be kind of careful down uh, at these seaside locations in queensland you know there, there can be stonefish which are these poisonous fish i think it's the, the world's most poisonous fish and they can they can deliver an excruciating um a bite to your foot not very fun and there's also quite often there's also these jellyfish down there um i haven't personally seen any but i know someone uh through school who is her and her son were, were bitten um by one of these jellyfish very quite serious incident uh the ambulance was called um, I'm not laughing uh, at, at their misfortune I, I, but I'm, I'm just laughing because wow you know so many people go to this place and um, you know there are hidden dangers there in the water you know Australia Australia is a pretty pretty scary place sometimes that one was shot on uh, Kodak Gold 200 film I really like the colors and the sun flares on that one really blue and gold colors really like that one Going down the page, the next one is a Victoria Point shot on Ultramax film. And the sort of sand in the the middle center of the photo is beautiful and sharp. And then you can see, again, it's very dreamy on the outsides of of the the frame of that image. So quite like that one. Going down, I've got one of my favorites, my favorite photographic muses of the last few months, the Maryvale Roadhouse, uh, just to the west of Brisbane. It's, a, it's an old abandoned gas station, petrol station, and that one was taken on the sprocket rocket with expired Lomography 400 film. And again, you can sort of see the wide angle distortion to the building on the left there, uh, the building sort of curve, anything towards the left or right of the frame sort of curves and distorts. Going down the page, I've got a double exposure. I think this was the only double exposure I took on three rolls while I shot the Sprocket Rocket. I really like this. It's it's an abandoned school in Brisbane, Pinkenbar State School. Uh, it's, I was actually there last weekend, uh, and it's pretty creepy. I walked around the outside of the school, and I heard these noises coming from inside the abandoned buildings. And, uh, you know, friends, I'm I'm a pretty big guy. I'm six foot tall, and I'm, you know, medium build, and I've got a red belt in Taekwondo. Uh, but, man, I tell you what, I was, I was knowing the world I was going in that abandoned building. <laughs> there were some pretty creepy noises coming from inside, so uh, I took some photos of the outside, and I, I ran off into the distance. Uh, but I really like this double exposure. 
it's got the school building in the middle there and then I put the camera towards the sky and it's got some nice branch and leaves over the top of it. So yeah, that's something I really want to explore further with this Sprocket Rocket, the, the double and the multi-exposures. I'm really, really keen to try some more of them. The next one is down in Warwick in southwest Queensland, or southern Queensland rather, uh, taken on Lomography, expired Lomography 400 film. I think that film was like uh, 10 years old, so it's done really well there. Uh, I really like the image. It's actually a very bright winter's day, and we're using 400 film, 400 speed film, so you can see the image is quite bright. I could have easily got away with uh, 200 speed film there. Uh, but you can also see the, the wide-angle distortion there. The silos are sort of curved on the left-hand side. But um, yeah, I like that image. The next one, I think this was only one of two long exposures that I did with this Rocket Rocket. So I was taking some digital photos in Brisbane and I took along two tripods. I mounted up my Sprocket Rocket on a tripod. I did a meter reading to, to know roughly how many seconds I would need. So I dialed in the, the film speed, which was 200. I dialed in the aperture, which I used the sunny aperture F16. And then it told me how many seconds to press the shutter down for. So I very carefully held the camera on the tripod, very steady with one hand, and I pressed down the shutter of the Sprocket Rocket and held it down for, I don't know how many seconds now, maybe four or five seconds from memory. And it's, it's come out a really nice photo. When I first saw the photo, I was a bit disappointed because it's all blurry to the left and right. And I thought, oh man, I, I wasn't very careful. But of course, that's the lens blur. If you, if you look right in the middle of the photo, there's a little ferry going under the bridge. That's sharp and the bridge is sharp. And I think it's a really nice image. So I'm, I'm really keen to do some more long exposures with the Sprocket Rocket. Now, what I did with this film is I sent it off for processing and I forgot to tell the lab that it was dev only. And so they um, they actually scanned the images for me. But because they use a, a Frontier or a Naritsu, I'm not sure which one, uh, they I scanned the images without sprockets. So just a, a little comparison. There's Under that image that I scanned on my Epson V550, there is actually a lab scan. So it's interesting to see the differences there uh, between my own scanning and the lab scan. Uh, for the record, I much prefer getting my scans done by someone else. Scanning, uh, I, it just takes so long to get it right. And uh, Epson have recently taken out digital ice in their, their uh, uh, software for Mac, which means that so many of my images now, I'm having to remove the, the dust in Photoshop. It takes such a long time. It's getting ridiculous. So I'm really looking forward to doing that review of the, uh, what is it? The, the Pixelator coming up very soon. Really looking forward to that. And that will be coming along to Matt Love's cameras sometime in November. The next image just shows off, uh, it's an image at the beach near me at Victoria Point. It just shows off the vignetting of the camera quite dramatically. Uh, other, other than that, it's a pretty unremarkable photo. The next image, again, is not a great photo. It shows how careful you have to be with your composition. So my daughter is at the top of the frame on a, like a roundabout and her head is cut off by a sprocket. And my son is to the left of the image. Um, he's sort of obscured by part of the roundabout, but he's all blurry. So you do have to be careful if you want your subject in focus with the sprocket rocket. The next image was taken on the outskirts of Brisbane Airport. I really like this image. I took it on Polaroid. I took it on the Sprocket Rocket and a few other cameras. It's of the, the grounded kangaroo. Not the flying kangaroo, Qantas airplane. It's the grounded kangaroo. So there's some ca kangaroo. There's some kangaroos. There's some Qantas planes there grounded at the airport at dusk. And there's some nice colors with that one. I really like it. 
Uh, what else? Uh, next, I have a lab scan of the Wellington Point image. It's interesting to see the difference in colors between my image and the lab image. So that's another one there, uh, just to show you the difference. And then towards the bottom, I have four more final images. I have the town hall in Warwick in Queensland. And again, you can see that wide angle distortion. I have a picture of Marshall Dalmatian and I kind of cut his head off by a sprocket a little bit. The next image is an old house in Warwick in Queensland, which looks really nice. And the last one is just a, a view of the town of Warwick in winter. Uh, so there you go. There's about 15 or 16 images for you to look at if you go to the Sprocket Rocket Review at mattlovescameras.com. It's a really funny thing. About a week ago, I started writing sort of bullet point notes for my review and my podcast on the Sprocket Rocket. And I was actually going to start off the show by saying, Sprocket Rocket, it's not you, it's me. I wanted to love you so much, but I just don't love you as much as I thought. And then a funny thing happened. I started writing the notes. I started playing around with the camera again. I looked at all the images I took with the Sprocket Rocket again. And I've actually really liked the camera now. And it's funny because I was going to write a review that was a bit mediocre about it. But um, it's really, really growing on me. And it's funny. In this detective story in the Sprocket Rocket Panorama little book that you get with the camera, there's a funny little passage here uh, where, you know, the detective in the story meets this young lady. And she says, this is an object you will learn to love. And it, it's funny, I'm, I am really learning to love the Sprocket Rocket. It's a camera which, when I first got my first couple of rolls back, I didn't love it at all. But now that I'm looking at the images and thinking about the possibilities, I think I, I think I do love it. I'm certainly very keen to take it out again and do more double exposures, do some multi-exposures, do that thing of, of shooting the film once, advancing it all the way to the end and then rewinding it and shooting back over it. I'm really, really keen to do that. I also want to do some more long exposure images at night. So it's a camera that really has grown on me and it's definitely a camera that I'm learning to love. That's it for this episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode 38 of Matt Loves Cameras, one of the shorter episodes we've had in quite a while. But don't worry, we have a sproctastic judging coming up very soon, in about a week, hopefully. Really, really looking forward to that. That will be a much longer show where we talk about all of the entries in Sproctastic 2020. And I've got quite a lot of listener letters that came along with the Sproctastic entries. So really looking forward to, to chatting with my guest judge. And, uh, and getting that episode done and dusted and getting those zines out there as well. That's it for this time. Take care. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Check the show notes for the link.